will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done in me as it is done where you call it out in heaven. That's such a beautiful prayer, and I'm so frustrated with that because I'm not sure I want God's will to be done. I want my will to be done. I have my ideas. I have pretty good ideas. Just, just ask me. I mean, I got great, great ideas, great expectations, great expectations for life and what I think should be happening. And my expectations don't seem to always match up with God's. In fact, rarely seem to match up with God's. And have you found that to be true, that you have your ideas and things that you would like to see happen? And do you ever, you say, I'm sure, you know, we never would argue with God, but I get pretty close because I pretty much tell God how it is and how it should have been done or could have been done or, you know, if I was in charge, it should have taken place. Or I get frustrated at least that it didn't go that way. You ever gotten frustrated enough to tell God that to his face? Have you ever hit a wall? And maybe even though you wouldn't say that to God, you're discouraged because things weren't supposed to happen this way. And with this whole aspect of, and I just love watching the, the clay and the, and, and the formation of that because I'm glad Pastor Ted had that because that would not have been a children's message for me. I was, uh, a few clay projects I remember doing in school, I got this idea of making this beautiful pencil holder you know, just be a nice tall piece. You put your pencils and pins in there. And so I worked on it, worked on it. And I think we baked them or something, somehow fired them up. And, and I painted it and glazed it. And I took it home to my mother and said, here, look. And she said, oh, what a beautiful soap dish. <laughs> and it didn't even look like a soap dish. There's several things I made. My mother would always look at it and look to me like, could you tell me what I'm looking at? That's why I don't work with my hands. But I'm sure willing to tell people what to do and how they can make things and do things. And I do find that life sometimes for people, myself included, is where we get frustrated and sometimes bitter because we believe that God has done us wrong. So to pray at all and say, thy will be done is a hard thing to do because to say that means I'm really giving up everything to you, God. I'm letting you take this over and I'm not happy with what I've seen so far. So why would I say thy will be done? Because my expectations have not been met. And so today as we're looking at Romans 9, but also Jeremiah 18 and other verses, we want to be thinking about that. God's will and my expectations, what I'm looking at, and God really pokes back at us and says this in this verse, has the potter no right over the clay? Has the potter no right over what is made or what is done or what purpose it has? As bad as my soap dish was at the end of the day, was it not my right to make what I can make. So do I question God? Now back to our Old Testament reading that was so wonderfully put together in the children's message and read again by Deborah a moment ago as Jeremiah is given a wonderful object lesson. God loves visuals. Jesus talked in visuals. He just didn't tell a story. He would go by and see a guy throwing grain out. He'd say, hey, listen, God's like this. Watch this guy. Let's look at this visual. Jennifer, go ahead and play the video here. This guy's throwing a pot. That's what it's called, throwing a pot. 
got clay and a wheel. Look at mashing that thing in. Smushing. Drawing it up. God is the potter. That's the whole picture of Jeremiah. When he's talking to Jeremiah, he's talking to him because he is griped and frustrated and the children of Israel saying, why did we get our lot in life? And God takes him to the potter and says, I want you to see this. I want you to see the pressure and the pushing that's going on here. This is not made easily. It's not easy to form this. And in fact, he tells Jeremiah this, as I started to make this pot, it started getting off kilter. It started getting wrong. Now you have a choice, I believe, when you're making something like this. If it's going awry, you could pick it up off of that stone, off of that spinning, and take it and chuck it, right? That's where you get the, the pieces of pottery, the pot's herd that is sitting to the side. That in life, when things don't go well, we can pick it up and toss it aside and say that's it. But God says that's not how I work here. With the children of Israel, tell them what I'm doing is what was not going well. What they were themselves moving in the wrong direction. I began to reshape them. Now there's a couple things that are going on here as God speaks to Jeremiah. One is that he is speaking to him with certainly words of challenge, certainly words of accountability, but also words of grace and mercy. And you kind of see there what happens in relationships, that there's always that tension, isn't there? There's always that tension of challenging and calling out for more. As Pastor Ted was talking to the kids, why do your parents say, is that what you should be doing? Don't they want to help form something better, more beautiful. Is that not what God, he's saying to Jeremiah, is going on? And so as we see that, in Romans, of course, it said that, you might talk back to God, he says, but shall the one who's formed be talking back to the one who formed it? In Isaiah 29, he says this, you turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to one who formed it, you did not make me? Can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing? He challenges him again, Isaiah being in this case, where he says in chapter 45, woe to those who quarrel with their maker, those who are nothing but pots herds. Among the pots herds on the ground, does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does the work say the potter has no hand? There's a point where we have to understand that God's in control, whether we like it or not. Whether we like it or not, he is in control. Whether we know it or not, that our life truly is in his hands. To pray the words, thy will be done, is saying, God, I admit, I'm the pot. Now the mercy of God is to shape us and to bring something new and something wonderful. Not that God is putting us down or putting us away, but that he is shaping us for something more beautiful. So Jennifer, let's go on to the next one again because I want to watch this. See how it begins to change and take form. A little water, a little pressure. 
You know, early in the process, he was putting a lot of pressure. Now it seems to be gently pressuring, just the right move. Have you found that in your life, too, that God has at times, because of circumstances, the situations are so harsh that you're feeling so pressed in, and then there's other times it's just a simple guidance. Ever found with a child, sometimes you've held their hand tight. And other times they clasp your finger just to stay close. And it's only a gentle movement. They follow you as they trust. God says about us is that in that, that not only are we challenged, as we heard a few moments ago in Jeremiah, but now then as God is calling us forth, he begins to make something more and more beautiful. He begins to draw something out of us. In the same book of Romans, which brought out those words about, uh, but you're just a human being to talk back to God. Earlier, as we heard it just first read, he says, but does God not bring mercy on who he wants to bring mercy? Does not God's heart come forward? So in your life, I want you to think a minute. Do you have problems? I'm told that I don't like to use the word problems. Now, it's not that I don't believe that there's problems, but I just wonder sometimes when we just focus on problems and say it's a problem, if we don't just perseverate, if we don't just focus and worry about the problem versus using another word like challenge. Opportunity. God doesn't ignore the problem. He sends his own son. But does he send his son to point at us and say, you're a problem? Or does he take care of it so that he can shape us and bring something more beautiful? So yes, there's problems. But I wonder if we forget that there are wonderful things. By the way, Chinese has a great word it's not for problem, but it's for word for crisis. And it's Wei Ji or something like that, dangerous opportunity. But I, I love that aspect because it's the uh, looking at things and saying, am I in a crisis, am I in a problem, or am I in a, in a wonderful opportunity, a dangerous one? Yeah, but when God's hand is in it, he's making beautiful and wonderful things. The other thing about, uh, as we saw those pictures before, and we'll get back to it in a moment, but, but, but think about this aspect, that when the word came to Jeremiah and also came in the book of the Romans, he says to them in a challenging part, he says, did I not take you out of the same lump? I think those are words of grace too, because you know there are times when I look at my life and I say, eh. I find myself comparing God says we have the same essence. Hmm. It's not like someone is better than another. God, who's forming these things, says, I take the same clay. Hmm. Am I worse than another? Am I better than another? Is what God is making me better or less, or is it, go back to what he says, I make some things for certain excellence and others for common use, but both are used by God. Can my life be less than another, depending on status, 
money, success, whatever that is, color, control. God says, I take the same lump and I take that lump and in you, I am creating that which is beautiful for the service and the place I find you to be. Martin Luther talks about this thing called vocation a lot. And, and uh, when he talks about that, he talks about the importance of how God shows up. And he uses examples that we might look at and say, huh. But he uses the vocation like being a mother. Does not the full glory of God come when a mother is with a child? And in that moment, has God not formed that to be more beautiful than a king running a kingdom? Now we look at that and say, hey, who wouldn't want to be the king with the kingdom? Maserati, all the whole thing that comes with that. And God says the beauty of God's work is in that simple vocation where God has placed you. Is not the kingly duty also good? Yes, because God has created them for his purpose. God makes beautiful and useful things. Before I go on, just the last thought here is this, is when our expectations haven't been met, is God not using those situations? Is God not using those times? Well, you've all been through at one time or another that first day at work and it's so exciting. Expectations high, this is gonna be so wonderful. Well, some of us experienced this as well. Two weeks later, we can't wait to quit. And we think it was the waste, biggest waste of time. Was not God using that to form us? Those of you who are teachers, you love children, you love teaching, and some of you are counting the days to retirement. Why? Because kids are hard, parents are worse, administration, forget it. It wasn't what I expected. I married my wife because I love her, not because she's organized. Six hours into the wedding, I wished I had married a woman who was organized. <laughs> she did not meet my expectations. It probably took less time for me to fail in my, her expectations of me. Does God not form and make beautiful things? Jennifer, play the next one, please. What I love seeing in this is just the hand gently moving up and down in that bowl. I can't help but think of hands that can form something. Jesus, you know, he had a, wasn't just a kid born in a manger and all those lovely things and died. What did he do in between? Who, he was the son of a carpenter, yeah. Carpenters do amazing things with wood and can make and build. You can tell always the hands of a person who works with their hands. They're rough, aren't they? I mean, you get calluses. If you keep pounding nails and missing them, you end up with like no nails. I mean, I use a hammer once and I'm walking around with, you know, stuff all over my hands because when you work with your hands, they show what you do. 
And you know, we think about Jesus all the time, how he walked and talked and he went. And, he, and I wonder how when he laid his hands on children, how did those hands look of a 33-year-old who had spent his life creating things with his hands, spending time with his father, hands of the one who looks at you and says, I'm the potter, you're the clay. I'm creating beautiful things. What are those hands like as they touch and create us? What are those hands like, rough as they were, that were laid on a cross and nails driven through? What were those hands like as they stretched out from the cross, forming us? with these words that say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Hands that make, hands that form, hands that receive nails, hands that rise up from the grave and touch the heads of children and you and me. Ephesians 2. I want you to imagine for a moment as you look at that picture, you can look at that or you can close your eyes. I want you to just do this while you're either focusing there or have your eyes closed, whatever helps you the most. I want you to focus on the worst problem that you've ever dealt with or you're dealing with now. Just think about what that is, has been like, what it felt like, what it feels like. How you'd like to look at God and say, I don't deserve this. God, I don't want this. How you say, God, I just don't want to go through this another minute. And you feel on you the hands of Christ shaping you, forming you, changing you, and making you in his image. And he says these words to you, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, not because you as a pot said, I want to be this kind of pot, or I want to go do this, but because these hands are on you, by grace you have been saved through faith, it is not of yourselves, but a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone would boast. It doesn't matter what kind of pot you are, it doesn't matter what God has made you for, you can't boast because it's just simply belonging to him. But then these beautiful words that follow up from verse 10, for you are God's beautiful, wonderful workmanship, his beautiful pot created in Christ Jesus for good works. Feel the hands of Christ notched and rough and yet loving and caring, holding you and shaping you And think about this. He wants you at this moment to know his mercy. He wants you to know his love. But he's not just making you as a beautiful pot so his mercy can be in you, but that his mercy can flow through you. That your experiences, your hurts, your pains, your joys, your best, your worst is God shaping so that through you, others might know through you the love of God, that they would know that they are the workmanship of God, that they would know that they are the heart of God, that we together with them would know that what God has been doing has been making something in our life beautiful so that others would know the beauty of God. <laughs>
Lord Jesus, you shape us and form us. Help us to pray in trusting ways like a child with a father saying, Daddy, what you want? What do you want, Daddy? That we can say, Father, thy will. That we cannot worry, won't worry about life or those hard things we go through, but we simply look where we are with our Heavenly Father and see those loving eyes seeing us for as beautiful as he's made us. Help us feel those loving hands, rough and torn by our sin, now closing in around us and forgiving us and making our life again more beautiful than ever before because we are living through the eyes and the form and the creation of our God. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.